Dawson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Flash final, JCM Jones from the Mothership and Dirty Sauce Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty Sauce Soccer, 19.9 The Game and the Mothership, formerly also sometimes as well, is over there. Say hey, Joe. Uh, hey, Sam. How's it going? Doing fine, Joe. We've got a couple guests. Um, we're going to go ahead and get right to them. The first one is live from Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, he is MLS's Scoops guy. You see him a lot on the Mothership. You see him a lot on Twitter. Uh, dropping news about all your favorite players and transfers and signings and everything like that, including important and incredibly detailed analysis of Brandon Vasquez's contract extension just a few days ago. Uh, you may know him as Tom Bogert. We know him as Tommy Scoops. Tom, how are we doing, man? Thank you for leading with the, the biggest scoop of my career in Brandon Vasquez. <laughs> I, I appreciate you giving that the fanfare it So many layers to, deal, to, to uncover that story. There's you know, just so many exactly. different ways you could approach it. He's maybe scored maybe once. Has he even scored this year? I generally don't know. Twice. 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 Huge, Look at that. Huge, huge goal. That might be, you know, 40% of their goals this year. So. <laughs> I think so they're the only team that scored less than Atlanta, actually. So I think that's right. Thank you, Cincinnati, for <laughs> trying to make this comparatively better. 11 um, goals. They have 11 goals. I'm sorry. I couldn't let that sit there any longer. They have 11 goals. <laughs> 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 incredible incredible um our other guest is someone you know and love um you may know him um, from his voice work as timon in the lion king um you may also know him as max bialystok in the musical the producers uh he has won six drama desk awards he's a six-time outer critic circle award winner um he was also nathan detroit and guys and dolls ladies and gentlemen Ooh, close almost three-time tony award winner nathan lane yeah hey hello <laughs> welcome i am nathan lane what's funny is that i actually have a professional theater uh professional theater credit as benny south street in guys and dolls Incredible. So your, so your theater jokes are not <laughs> lost on me i know all of them i know them uh well apparently we didn't actually book nathan lane but adam snavely is here which is just as cool i opinion. am here uh, formerly of several places, including Dirty South Soccer, where I did publish a few things way back in the day. What were those things? Holy I cow. Didn't know, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was right when the site started because uh, Rob was the person who kind of found me and brought me on board with a bunch of SB Nation sites. And so my first gig was doing stuff for uh, the Dortmund site, Fear the Wall. Uh, right when that started and then he also was like hey like do you want to like you have mls takes do you, you want to do them for atlanta and i and i was like yeah i'm not necessarily like an atlanta fan but if you want some mls takes i, I got those and so i did one um I, I i did a couple of like longer form pieces one was like uh in praise of the mls retread i believe was was one uh, it, it, it was like right around when uh, the the Timbers won MLS Cup with like a very very visible Nat Borchers presence kind of thing, <laughs> uh, which which I was uh, which I was going off of there. Uh, so yeah, no, I did actually publish a couple things on Dirty South Soccer back in the day before I kind of more exclusively went over to Stars and Stripes FC. Got very Hollywood. 
It's amazing. <laughs> Rob, Rob has such an eye for talent at, at, at such a yeah, but young I'm, stage. The more I think about it, the uh, the, the growing alumni list for, for Grace House Soccer is kind of impressive here. There you it's go. Kind of Look at that. More Look Atlanta bias. <laughs> goddamn MLS media of course of course um fortunately like a lot of folks have been spared from that Atlanta bias because there's just absolutely nothing you can do at this point to rationalize anything positive about this team and it's killing me every moment I see someone tweet out like a like a tactical analysis of this team right now and taking it very seriously when we all know that they're going to put out 0.5 xg every game um, which is why me and Joe wanted to have a, a couple of fresh voices on with maybe a national perspective in what we're doing here. Um, because we're sick as hell of saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't when, the, know. when the bright spot is like Jeff Lorenowitz had an 89% pass completion percentage <laughs> after a game, things have gotten really bad. It's but it's right. still Jeff content. Right. That, know, at least, at least it's that. Yeah. And I know, and I know how y'all feel about Jeff content. <laughs> we do feel some type of way. We've kind of shied away from it lately, uh, just because there's why why pretend we're trying to be positive in these dark, dark times uh, for a number of reasons. Just 2020, right? Or are we still? Wait, we're not still talking about Atlanta, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we yeah. just talking about life? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but did want to kind of let's just start. Let's just go around the room here uh, with our two guests. Um, not. Tony Award winner Nathan Lane, unfortunately, but Tom and Tom and Adam, uh, and we'll start with Tom. Tom, what's your what's your view from up there, right around New York, thereabouts uh, of this team? Why do you think this has gone south so quickly, and what's it been like to kind of tangentially cover this team every now and then uh, when things are just so miserable to watch? So I think everybody knew how, how incredibly great Joseph Martinez is, and that is highlighted by all of the goals he scored and, and everything that he's done to be, you know, the king of Atlanta. Um, I can't possibly believe what has happened to this team since he went out. I know that it's not all him, but dear God, how many cracks did he paper over? And they're not, apparently they're not cracks. They're like valleys and like between mountain ranges from like, it's insane. I, I, I We all knew how great he was, but you know, this gives you an even greater appreciation for uh, Joseph Martinez. Um, and then Frank DeBoer going on to the Netherlands and, and being scoreless in his first two games, I think was pretty poetic <laughs> after after that happened there. Um, and, you know, that's, that's about it. The most, the most interesting things is just the – how every kind of, you know, replacement for you know, the older the older stars, for the historic stars for this, you know, very, very long-running franchise have, have – uh, Falling short, so it, it's it's weirdly uh, predictable and unpredictable at the same time. Well, yeah, about Frank DeBoer, we have a saying here that I, I think the the greatest superpower in the world is failing upwards, and Frank DeBoer has figured out exactly how to do that. And we, we need to mention that he's been held scoreless in those first two games because it's been just as bad as everyone expected, which is perfectly on brand. But I, I wanted to get an idea from you, Tom, as someone who's very well versed in the transfer market. In MLS and covers these kind of things and kind of hears about these kind of things as Atlanta United was making their moves this offseason were you kind of looking at this going what the f- what the hell are they doing <laughs> was it that apparent to you as it kind of as it was to us I wish that I could say that in hindsight but like because I'm generally cynical about things outside of the soccer world this is kind of the only place where I'm an optimist and I generally kind of go with the footing that a lot like these are heavily considered decisions and that you know, I usually give the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise on, on signing. So 
obviously, like Nagby, even I think the front office was saying he, he's not a player that can really be replaced. But you understood that because Darlington wanted out, so he left. And and that the trade happened, they got really as much as they could get back from him. And and you tried to talk yourself into Emerson Hinman, Hindman rather, as as the uh, as the replacement. Uh, so that one aside, you know, the Gressel one was was really perplexing, and I that was the one that I kind of disagreed with off the jump because they ended up giving Brooks, like I, I'm a huge Brooks Leonard fan, like the, a, a very big one, but you know, he's not Julian Gressel and maybe he, he can be whatever 80% of that if you're playing him as a wingback, but they gave him a contract extension and a big pay raise. And, and if Gressel signed for whatever it was reported by stage, but like 800,000 ish um, in, in uh, DC, like I don't understand how they couldn't have just found that in, in salary cap to give to him. So that was the one that was surprising uh, LGP was, was more along the Nagby lines for me at first. I mean, you know, without knowing the ins and outs of some of these, you know, dynamics, um, it was understood, or at least the narrative was, was conveyed that, you know, in salary cap league, he's not going to be a DP. So if he could go to Mexico where they'd pay him more, he said he'd be open to that. And then they kind of let that happen. But the fact that he's back in MLS, um, you know, whatever, a few months after he left, isn't a great reflection on Atlanta, but, yeah, I guess it, Gressel is, is the is the one that, that really kind of shocked me and it was just kind of like, what are they doing here? But other than that, like, you can at least talk yourself into, you know, okay, I could see how this could have worked if blank. Like, if, if Rosetta was better, if it was, was a, you know, a better replacement. And then same thing with Marcelino, hopefully that he'll kind of be better than what PT was here um, after PT came with, you know, the huge expectations that he didn't live up to, so... Yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, apparent to me, at least in real time, because I chose to be kind of bending for the doubt about some of these. But, you know, in hindsight, they, they don't look very good at all. I, if I could just agree with that, I mean, I was kind of of the same opinion as you were, Tom, in that I was giving the benefit of the doubt to the club. And it wasn't really until uh, Felipe Cardenas from The Athletic uh, was able to snag Frank DeBoer after they had their uh, – he was he was uh, mutually parted ways with <laughs> by the club um, – <clears throat> He, uh, he got an interview with him, and he, Frank basically said, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote him uh, specifically, but he was like, you know, he didn't really have a great idea of the Nagby situation. That's like what it seemed like to me. Like the club didn't really – he knew there was a problem, obviously, because he dealt with it the, the training camp before, but it's not like – it didn't seem like he was under the impression that he was definitely um, not in the plans for this season. So I think that, yeah, there was a lot of, I think – um, things that kind of un- were uncovered, some issues between the front office and the the uh, technical staff that were kind of uncovered during the course of this year. Yeah, and I guess and I already forgot about one, but just the, the other one that that doesn't make any sense to me is Tito Bialba. And but yeah. uh, on the outside, that seems like it was more Frank DeBoer thing, and that he wasn't playing him and and didn't really rate him, but apparently rated Jurgen Dam, who is at least the same type of profile. So it's it's you know. You know, really odd to me, but again, that that one sounded like from the outside at least that it came that was more down to DeBoer than say the front office. He just liked Jurgen's TikTok account. That's that's <laughs> all. Can yeah. Can't blame him. To be fair, I don't know. I remember when we when 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 the news first broke, we had an interview with DeBoer, and it was like, so what can you tell us? What do you like about Jurgen Dam? And he was like, well, he's very small. He's like <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was like the first thing he had to say about him. Greg like, Shea is oh. taller. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good job. Yeah. They were bringing in um, Eric Lopez, who we still don't know if he exists oh, yeah. or not. But he was like, "Oh, tall." Oh. We <laughs> Is that like, what he said about Lopez? I don't remember. That. <laughs> There's too many good quotes like that. But then the Lopez, the Lopez was another good one where he was Eric was supposed to be, you know, the the young forward or the backup forward, and like 
they try to borderline circumvent the MLS, the MLS rule, Russell rules outside of Atlanta too, and then just sneak him into the first team because they wear the same jerseys. And MLS was like, no, you, you don't have the salary cap for that. And they were like, oh, come on, but what Joseph's out. Like, yeah, you already used your salary cap. So sorry. <laughs> Incredible. It's been a total disaster. And Adam, I know me and you are very similar in that we can sit back and we try our best to present in the content sphere of MLS, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, an appreciation for these type of disasters where, where teams go from really good to terrible um, and, and try to find maybe some kind of humor in it. Um, has that been easy for you to kind of pick at this Atlanta United team and go, this is hilarious or is it just dark? Oh yeah. It's, it's extremely easy to pick fun of at the Atlanta United team. It, it's, it's great for me personally. It's, it kind of goes back to that. Uh, uh, who was it? It was a Ken Tapper or somebody that was uh, that had the original. Uh, I feel awful for our country, but this is tremendous content. Oh, it was Darren Ravel. <laughs> oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, Bingo this, card. Check off the Darren Ravel box. It, yeah. Darren Ravel, <laughs> we we made it. Yeah, no. And obviously, some things, some things you have not that much control over. I don't think it was. I don't think it has been a surprise to literally anybody that's ever studied any part of Darlington Nagby's career that he would eventually want to go back to Ohio. Like that's, that's just something that he has been extremely transparent about for a long time that he likes home. Like he, he likes his family. He likes hanging out with his kids. His family's beautiful. And he also likes Ohio and, and he wanted to be there. Some things you probably could have controlled better, whatever blood curse that Breck Shea put onto the field using a lock of Kenwin Jones's hair, probably you you needed to get a better handle on that one because as soon as Joseph Martinez exited this team with injury, it just you, – you had what was once clearly the most exciting team in MLS – even if they weren't always the best team in that first couple of years, they were always the most exciting team. And you made basically the, the, the unforgivable sin of being both bad and so incredibly boring to the point where you're losing to DC United. Mm with with their interim coach so 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 there's there's levels you're losing to a toronto fc that was starting patrick mullins subasa endo and omar gonzalez that promptly got better players in for their match against philly and still got clapped in a historic way like a week or two later so yeah i mean it's very easy for me to make fun of Atlanta United. Atlanta United is both boring and terrible. That's, that's just like, that's the recipe, especially when you take into account how rabid Atlanta's fans were when they entered the league. It resembled several other fan bases when they entered MLS um, and, and how they kind of approached their team and that excitement. And I appreciate that excitement. I, I think a lot of people make fun of that 
earnestness um, and that level of, of intensity that a lot of new clubs bring. I point you to uh, the tweet that the Seattle Sounders account made today about the, <laughs> our name is not X dash Seattle Sounders making the playoffs as an expectation. I'm like, okay, why do you sound like a bully in Top Gun? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, you know, it's easy to make fun of that a little bit and it's easy to poke fun of that. I do at, at, at this point, I do feel a little bit bad for Atlanta United fans because it has been just a year and possibly even more so. Cause I think that there was a lot of people that started jumping on the mitt. Let's make fun of Atlanta during the, I guess the cautiously optimistic Frank DeBoer period where mm-hmm. you weren't, you clearly weren't as good as Atlanta United with, prime joseph and miguel almaron and tata but you are still like but we got the campeones cup (laughs) (laughs) you know like hey this ain't this ain't nothing (laughs) this this ain't nothing we we got this cup baby kind of kind of deal but people were still like oh like they're not as good so let's make a little bit of fun of them at this point it's like ouch you guys you you're you're really going through it in a in a well, I, I can only describe it as an, an Ohio-esque way, which perhaps is, is appropriate. Um, but yeah, lo- Ohio low-key is my pick for the worst state in the union. Um, I think they fly under the radar in that <laughs> regard a lot of the time. And Darlington um, was them over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and and I think... <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think I think that uh, the the extended misery and just the the slow and consistent grind towards ineptitude really reminds me of the state of Ohio in a lot of ways. And and there was and there was there was like this weird defense of it too by Atlanta's fans. I vividly remember one comment saying that the Campiona's Cup is actually the pinnacle of MLS because you have to win MLS cup to even get there. So I, I can't uh, argue with that logic. <laughs> They're right. You have to win MLS cup and then you have to beat a bunch of Liga Emmy Equis teams that are definitely taking it a hundred percent seriously. Yep. And you also have to avoid getting fired for using homophobic slurs like Mike Petke. Like there's a lot of steps to lot, go through up so easily. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of oh, steps no, to wrong, go through. Wrong, <laughs> wrong competition. Wrong MLS League MX competition. Oh, is it the different one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, you still do have to avoid that, I would contend. Yeah. Can't be confirmed yet, though. We'll have to find out. Yeah. The most amazing thing about that Pecky thing to me was still that he went back and, like, arts and crafts to sign to make the referees throw them down and still had all the terrible slurs on it. Um, but, you know, you, you, you bring up a really good point that, like, did Atlanta fans maybe deserve this? I don't – maybe. <laughs> There's only, like, so many teams that have ever talked as much shit as Atlanta United fans probably coming in the first two years. And the, the fall has been the most steep for them in a lot of ways. But you also bring up another point that's horrifying to me that Breck Shea might be MLS Babe Ruth and that trading him away and, and not respecting Ooh. him is what is going to doom Atlanta United to like a hundred years of ineptitude. Um, it, it's genuinely, genuinely horrifying. It really I is. Don't, I don't see any trophies in FC Dallas's or Vancouver's trophy cabinets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Personally, <laughs> like lately, nothing lately. Orlando, although, you know, as soon as they got rid of him, they got good. So, you know. Maybe well, that's they, more. They've been too removed, so I think that's the key here. Is because uh, okay. they so once, passed the curse yeah. on to Atlanta, and now mm. Atlanta needs a way for Miami to get rid of them if that ever happens. 
it's like a less uh it's like a uh, a less sexual um plot of the movie it follows a little bit something like that <laughs> yes of course yes and before we get back into the show we gotta do some asmr also known as joe's lucid fc promo that's because lucid fc is the presenting partner of five stripe final thank you so much to lucid fc for really just being a proud supporter of the show and and helping bring it all to you guys and making it all possible highly recommend everybody go check out their website lucidfc.us that's of course stands for lucid footwear and clothing and you can get all kinds of footwear and clothing on the website and it's modern stylish kind of european style you've probably heard us talk about it before but uh, if that's kind of your look, this is definitely the place to go. And when you shop at Lucid FC, you're shopping local because they're based right here in Buckhead. I've met the guys, really nice guys uh, that that run the place and have a, a really good vision for the company. Um, so highly recommend everybody go out there and, and buy some Lucid FC stuff. If anything else, you can always buy a face mask because face masks are going to continue to be important throughout the winter here as we continue to deal with this COVID-19 pandemic. So hopefully everybody goes out and buys themselves something. Go pick yourself up some Lucid FC footwear and clothing. And then right after that, you get right back into the show. Um, there's, there's ways to fix this, right? There's gotta be ways to fix this. There's too much infrastructure. There's too much money going into it. All that kind of thing. It would really, really help if we knew who the manager was or was going to be. Mm. Um, it would really, really kind of smooth things out. So I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this. I wanted to know, first off, who would you bring in if you were in charge of Atlanta United? Who are you bringing in to make this better, realistically? And then a little less realistically, who are you going to bring in to somehow make this worse? So there are your two options. We, we, need, we need the best possible solution to the problem. And then the worst possible solution to the problem. And you can pull that from anywhere, honestly. Um, we do, me and Joe probably should update the folks who are actually listening to this for like news or whatever, that there has been some kind of movement, I guess, in the Atlanta United coaching search, if you can say that. We have a long running theory that Matias Ameda is coming to Atlanta. Uh, and that's been like a secret handshake deal for, for months now. Um, we did find out today from, I think, um, C.L. Merlo. Yeah, C.L. Merlo. Um, that he is uh, interviewing, maybe being, maybe talking to uh, Palmeiras. Top, is that top, it? Top target, yeah. And, and that um, there have been like informal talks and his camp is waiting for, you know, a formal approach. And if they do that, then they'll obviously, when they do that, I guess they have to, they'd have to agree to some sort of compensation with San Jose. So possibly he could break their, you know, outgoing transfer record. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That would be I didn't think about that. That was mostly a joke there just because <laughs> is, Donovan, is Donovan still their outgoing record? I, I, don't, I, I don't even know. I have no idea who it would be. They I mean, it would their, make sense. They broke their incoming transfer record with Christian Espinosa. It was like $2 million. <laughs> Jeez, big money. Um, that does kind of bring up, though, that uh, Gabriel Einzo was interviewing with the same team, apparently, and that did not pan out. So he's still out there. Um, so those are two top candidates that um, are, are at least – having some movement there, even though we've still heard absolutely nothing. We're 88 days in, I think, to this. I think 90-something. Oh, we're not I just wrote it up the other day. I think 94 or 95, something like that. Incredible. We need to have like a Bradley Wright Phillips coaching search day when it hits 99. So there you go. There's your actual news update. Um, so now that I've stalled enough for Tom and Adam to kind of think about this, um, we'll go to Tom first. Uh, who's an optimal choice? Who's a suboptimal choice? 
So, I mean, off the top of my head, like, like Heinze is one that I'd be interested in, and this is coming from someone who only has secondhand knowledge of his managerial career and what I've – so I can't really put my name to that because it's just based on things I've read from other people. Uh, Dome Tarrant would have been a fun one for them to go after. I would have enjoyed that a lot because I think that his personality would have been really fun for Atlanta United. Um, so, yeah, probably one of those two because I'd imagine that they might go for, you know – a South American kind of blend. Um, and the more fun one for, you know, the suboptimal choice, um, is Ronald DeBoer available or is he, is he on the, <laughs> the, the, the coaching staff? That'd be incredible, especially if we really couldn't tell the difference between him and Frank and it just <laughs> <not> <laughs> like, way through. <laughs> Remarkable. Uh, Adam, uh, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think uh, Gabriel Heinze was is I guess supposed still probably the the best case scenario I think in a lot of ways. Um, but the the worst case scenarios are are definitely much more fun to think about for me personally. And I think that the you know, quickly the both of us went like, yeah, this got to be good. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. talk about the fun thing. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 talk about how this could be possibly even worse. I think that objectively the worst choice is probably Richie Williams. And you know, he's still looking for a head coaching job somewhere. I imagine. I imagine that he's always looking for a head coaching job <laughs> probably via LinkedIn because I think that's how he goes about his day. <laughs> but the I think even more fun worst possible coaching option specifically mostly just for Sam is if somehow, some way, Chris Armis becomes the coach oh, ooh, of Atlanta I, United oh, Football God. Club, I would just, I mean, it would just be a gift, I think, for, for a lot of us that pay attention to your career and your social media presence. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I'd handle that. I think just lots of, like, staring and, and sitting sadly. A lot of backpedaling. Well, actually, I didn't think he was like, – I've always been an actual fan of Chris Armis. If you, you know, interpreted what I wrote in a different way as it was intended. <laughs> Chris well, Armis blew it. He, it just exploded. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a, uh, a blue period in his life. That's all it was. An art form, anyway. Oh, wow. Those are deeply terrible. Thank you for those. I'm going to have nightmares about that. Um, I think Heinze is, I think me and Joe probably both agree on that. Heinze is probably just number one guy. Um, for me, to, to ruin this even further, I think you want someone who is going to be loud. I think you want someone who's going to have a personality who's going to like not handle things well when things do go south uh, and, and really just make it worse on a number of levels um but at least like maybe they're entertaining even though maybe the product on the field isn't that high because maybe the tactical acumen isn't there um so i'm going to bring in old miss coach lane kiffin uh, okay <laughs> worse. um and there's our one college football reference for the day on the show and <laughs> roll with that uh, Joe, i think i think by those by those uh by those sets of uh, values for for what you want out of a terrible coach um maybe consider jermaine jones Oh, oh my yes. God! Ooh. Yes. Oh yes. Well, yes. we got a winner. We got a winner. I was gonna say along, uh, kind of along those similar lines. I was thinking, you know, to continue the 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 Frank DeBoer lineage of kind of seeming like a good coach, dressed like a good coach. Not sure if he's actually a good coach. In combination with Carlos Bocanegra bringing in anybody who has ever had a connection to the U.S. national team. Carlos Bocanegra is the Jurgen Klinsmann. Jurgen no, because that would be too weird. I, I don't know. I think that that it'd be more fun if like each year that the galaxy. I think that's the real. That's, true. that's the only like MLS job because like 
I don't know. Like, I think that whole bit, his, he's even played out his bit to the point where, like, I don't, it wouldn't even be funny anymore. I think. <laughs> <laughs> be incredible. We do have a Jermaine Jones story here in Atlanta that we like to tell off record sometimes um, because we still don't quite know the details. But from our understanding, um, this that is not involved Magic City. I have to guess that it involved Magic City. <laughs> It didn't, actually. It involved very much – it was still in the stadium, which was incredible, but he got a okay. pretty uh, dumb red card in his one appearance at Mercedes-Benz Stadium one time. From our understanding, when he left the field, he started walking through the tunnel to maybe find where the video assistant referee was, maybe, possibly, and maybe got kind of close to where that video assistant referee was. <laughs> That is off record, though, and we don't know for sure on that, so don't quote me, but that's, uh, that's our big Jermaine Jones story that we like to uh, maybe spread in circles uh, in Atlanta, whether, whether or not we know um, it's true or not. Okay, so but looking past a manager, looking past a manager, um, I want to play the same game with a designated player uh, because I, we, me and Joe, really kind of think this is probably it for Barco. Yes, am I right in saying that, Joe? I'm not putting words Yeah, Yeah, mouth. for sure. This is probably his last season. Um, we think he's going to leave. We think that opens up another DP spot. Probably or hopefully. Hopefully, honestly. I think both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so th- there's obviously going to be an opportunity to add someone um, who could maybe change things up for Atlanta United. Uh, there's also still a possibility, I think. We don't quite know about salaries yet, but of maybe uh, opening up another spot with Marino being bought down with all the complicated roster rules stuff. Tom may have more info on that. I don't. Um, so I guess the question is, uh, same game, who are you bringing in as a DP to make things a little better and kind of solve the problem for Atlanta United? And who are you bringing in to make things much, much worse? <laughs> uh, there's so, there's gotta be so many options for worse. Off the top of my head for, for, you know, an actual improvement, it's gotta be, you know, they've had success going down to Argentina. Uh, actually, one of three now that I backtracked that. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that somebody in the profile of, of Almarone, so I guess something between, like, Barco and, and, and PT in the fact that it's not going to be this raw 18-year-old that you spend $15 million on, and it's not going to be the, quote, like, the reigning South American player of the year, who, you know, I, I, that's another one that still perplexes me, just how, how, how good he was um, in Argentina, and that – I. A reigning South American player of the year didn't absolutely light this league on fire. But, you know, probably somebody in, like, the 23 to 25 range that's, you know, a dynamic attacker, whether it's – it's got to be either, like, a goal-scoring 10 or a goal-scoring winger just because, you know, you kind of saw what happened, you know, without Joseph this year. Um, And I'm going to throw it to Sam's while I go wrestle the dog toy away from my dog. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering what it was. Okay. Uh, That's just the, that's the, that's the Foley art that we always have on, on whenever, whenever we specifically guest on the podcast. Ooh, the wishbone. I like that. That's fun. Um, Yeah. So obviously there's a a massive uh, just like pool of players that you could possibly say. For sure. You know, geez, like, like who, who can make this better? And it, and it almost seems like almost anyone Um, or at least (laughs) that's what you, that's what you hope. I think if you're an Atlanta United fan that ultimately you're only one or two signings away from being a respectable team again. Like, like that's, that's kind of what you want. And kind of what I wonder is if Atlanta United and Carlos Bocanegra would consider maybe not Tim Ream um, as somebody who is very 
Uh, as uh, yeah, no, that's why I was saying maybe not Tim Ream as somebody who's a designated <laughs> player and somebody who is is older. But I wonder if back along the lines of Americans and how Carlos Bocanegra tends to have pull um, with those people. If you were to bring in another center back, if you were to like kind of kind of go after somebody who could possibly help and and my my rationale is basically find somebody who can help stabilize the back line and get miles robinson back on track because i think Mm. that one of the biggest negatives from this year has been miles robinson's digression from last year and how big of an issue that is for atlanta both in terms of simply the results that you're getting and the performance that you're putting in week in week out for your games but also Miles Robinson's possible selling power sometime down the line. I think that there was a big deal that Miles Robinson came in, looked really, really good in like his first big, like full, I am the starter now. Um, and this is really like the first time that I have been a professional for a full season and I'm, and I'm the starter. And he looked really, really good and has taken now a significant step back from that, especially in a season where your biggest success as a club has been getting a return on your investment for one of the biggest flops that we've seen in the league for several years in PT and, you know, happy trails in Saudi Arabia, right? He went yep. to Saudi. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Happy trails. Uh, good on you for still commanding such a price. Um, and maybe that's cynical of me to say, maybe you should bring in a, a, a DP center back uh, so that you can maybe someday get a return on your investment for your, your draft pick center back that you made at one point who was looking really good. Uh, but right now that's kind of where Atlanta United is at a little bit yeah. as a club. Uh, as far as a signing of, of the designated player caliber that could possibly make the team worse. Oh man. I, I feel like it, it would have to be some, it has to be some big aging European star, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. it, it would be, it would be somebody like um, I, you know, if, if Frank DeBoer was still there, maybe it would be someone like, Ah, we we have convinced Aryan Robin to come and play one last year, and we'll see if he has literally anything left in those knees of his, and and kind of go from there. Um, I will say, I think the obvious answer here is is Jermaine Jones, player coach, as a, <laughs> as a designated player. Um, it's interesting you bring up the center back thing uh, because there is actually news on on that front as well. And maybe not Ooh. signing one, uh, but Joe, you may be able to kind of elaborate on this and Tom too. But uh, we understand that Fernando Meza is being talked to by is it Tijuana, right? Yeah, that? yeah, Tijuana. So Tijuana was was the club that was kind of the broker in the deal to bring Meza to Atlanta United. They got him from uh, Nicaxa and then immediately flipped him. And apparently they kept some kind of. Um, I don't know if it's a future transfer value or transfer percentage or, or what it was. It was called the carta, like with the card of the player. I'm not sure if that contract, maybe I'm not sure that's that, that was the verbiage used in the article, but it sounds like he could be on the way out. I kind of agree with Adam though, uh, in terms of what this team needs. Um, but I'm kind of of two minds about it. So when it comes to a DP signing, I, first of all, let me just say, I think that the position that this team needs more than any other is like a, a, a defensive midfielder, like a, mm-hmm. um, somebody who can like really shield the back line, control the game, essentially the Darlington Nagby, you know, they, they're just still missing that kind of player that can really um, grab the game by the scruff of the neck like he used to do. And so I think that that's one of the 
roles that this team really, really needs right now. But on the other hand, when, when you're looking at DPs, I feel like, um, you know, we've heard it expressed recently that Ezekiel Barco is a guy who's a DP, but you can't really expect, you know, tons of goals and assists from him because he's not that kind of a player. He's a player who, you know, facilitates in more of a secondary kind of role. But it's like, you know, no. If you're a designated Ezekiel, player in this league, you have to create goals and assists. Like, that's just – like, you have to do that because non-DPs are not going to be very prolific. So, um, part of me is torn because, like, I feel like the team, if they really wanted to go out and get the thing that would really help them uh, in terms of the style of play the most, it would be a designated player or it would be a, a defensive midfielder. But, you know, they probably will just go out and get there. Like what Tom said, go out and get somebody who's actually going to put the ball in the back of the net because it's clearly something that this team – hasn't been able to do this season so far. And obviously they're missing Joseph Martinez. We've talked about that. And maybe if you get a guy who can help, you know, take some of the goal scoring load off of him and assist him as well, then that would be the best thing. I'm not sure. If I could throw one name in before uh, about the bad signing, a lot of people would say you you would be a great signing Mario Balotelli, but considering we already have one (laughs) guy who has uh, firework. um, That's true. uh, You know, what, 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 what would you call that? Um, I don't know, near disaster with fireworks in Jurgen Dam. Tan, uh, teaming him up with Mario Baltelli could be an explosive combination. <laughs> him and Joseph would be in Kumite by the like. They yeah. They, would, they yeah. would not stand each other. It'd be incredible. I'm, all, I'm almost here for that. As long as we get cameras on them at all times. I'm very okay with that. Well, that's enough of the big names. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the smaller names in Atlanta United. And on the show, on Five Strike Final, the very poorly named Five Strike Final, it's not even like a final show anymore we just do <laughs> um we we like to play a game especially on red bulls weeks where we play red bulls player or ivy league lacrosse captain yes, um and it's a very it's a very tough game um so we wanted to do an elaine united version of this uh for y'all uh especially because you may not be as in tune i'm gonna count tom out of this one though because he was throwing around some names earlier that i was like shit how do i know tom is <laughs> was too far in he knows. <laughs> so I'm going to do this with Adam. Um, okay. And, and All right. Instead of Ivy League cross captain for Atlanta United, um, a lot of the players that have like jumped in for Atlanta United that we may not really know a whole lot about, even as people who follow the team pretty religiously, um, are younger dudes um, with kind of younger sounding names that sound very vague, um, very kind of waspy in a sense as well. Um, and so that brought up the idea for me to do Atlanta United player or Disney Channel TV star. Uh, I thought you were um, going to go with TikTok star. Oh, right. God, okay. I don't know when I couldn't even like Google that and like find anybody. My favorite my favorite TikTok star who's like a legitimate like wow, you have like millions of followers and people know you is I believe his name is Noah Beck who is also an RSL Academy product. Really? Okay. Yeah. And he's like and oh, he's wait, like it's actually the same person? Yes, the it's same the name? same it's the same ah. person. It's the same Whoa. person. And I don't I don't think he's with the club anymore i i don't think he is but he's like he has like bryce duke in a bunch of his tiktoks and it's like he's he like he hangs out with that crew that like they all because all the tiktok stars now move to los angeles and get houses together and do stuff together it's it's um uh, yeah it's something like that um i i think there's another one called the hype house um a lot of things a lot of like adjectives and then house is, is what they have, <laughs> they have called these little communes for their uh, their social media privileges. But I am I am cautiously ready for the game. Okay, let's do this. All right, your first name. 
uh, Atlanta United player or Disney Channel TV star? J.J. <laughs> Williams. That's an Atlanta United player. That's I'm going to go after he does. So I, I, get the, I get the ladies participate. But, yeah, Atlanta okay. United Okay. Yeah. Because I remember it, I remember that that red card that he got in MLS. Yes, the legendary <laughs> his, his, his lasting contribution to Atlanta United. Yes. Six minutes him. and a red card. I interviewed him over during the league suspension when Atlanta signed him and he was like, I'm so happy I'm gonna go to a club that actually is gonna give you a chance if you do well in training. And he was here for like three weeks. Oh my god. <laughs> you know not so bad when he got when when after they signed Cuba, I was like, Oh man. He has the same goals added score as Ezekiel Barco this year. Fun fact. Oh my god! <laughs> I love. Uh, How much did they put red cards into that? <laughs> Ezekiel Barco is the embodiment of no numbers, just vibes, and I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had someone we had an Atlanta United beat writer tweet out something that very same effect. I was like, you can't judge it by the stats, and it's exactly right. It's just <laughs> it's just vibes. Um, just vibes name. Uh, Cameron Boyce, Atlanta United player or Disney Channel TV star. Shit. Um, <laughs> Disney Channel. Disney. Correct. Well yes. Done. Well done. I don't know what show he's on or what. I don't know any of the shows these guys are on. I Google <laughs> Disney Channel TV. Star. I know. I know. Like one one Disney Channel TV star from like rel- from not you know more than a decade ago, and it's <laughs> Dove Cameron, who I don't even think is doing any disney channel things anymore either anyway so did not make the list so there we go you have no advantage there well Um, i would probably make sense considering uh, she is a a girl and would not be signed to atlanta (laughs) thank (laughs) we find a puppy so like who who knows at this well that's true one of the best signings of the year for you guys one that we we blame that on everything we want to blame breck shea we can blame spike for much oh no how dare you you. spike's adorable including the pandemic if we're being totally honest (laughs) (laughs) several unsolved murders in the san francisco area around 1969 to 1970 let's not talk about it um bradley stephen perry that is all. That is one human's name. That is uh, Bradley Stephen Perry. Atlanta United. Disney. Disney. Dang. Well, right. you know. Can't Need some sort of sound effect. I wish I had a sound effect ready. I have a lot of these. We should probably move through this kind of quick. Uh, I should just be like the Howard Stern guy who just does the voice, just does the effects with my own <laughs> yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George Campbell. Atlanta United. Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, Tyler Wolf. Disney. Atlanta. Shit. Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Wyke. Disney. Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know any of these kids. The Wyke stuff. Like uh, that could totally be a show. You know. Yeah. Just, uh, just. When you post this episode, do the uh, the uh, the Michael Jordan meme, the F those kids. <laughs> <laughs> but put my face on it. <laughs> Ross Lynch. Disney? Disney. Disney. All right, we'll do, we'll do a couple more here. Uh, Mikey Ambrose. Atlanta. Atlanta legend. Yeah, yeah. How can <laughs> I, I remember? I remember when Mikey Ambrose was taken in the ex, the the reentry draft. Thanks. Well, McDonough has acquired him three different times. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's like, like a boy scout always prepared around. exactly he just <laughs> likes to look at me he's funny he's got a funny face i like his face i don't know that's all i got for mikey um let's see uh dion Pereira. atlanta 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 uh lucas grable disney 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 nice um maddie rosetto atlanta <laughs> You tried to you tried to make <laughs> yeah, it sound a, you tried to make it sound like a zoomer by saying Maddie. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's it. I think that's all I got. I tried to get you on the, uh, well the zoomer name, but I, I couldn't quite do it. Um, well done. Beautiful. Uh, cool. Uh, I, all right. I, I think we'll leave you all with this. Um, the Orlando game is tonight. Um, this will be out. Probably after that, or, or maybe Joe will throw. No, it I'll just get it out this afternoon. Okay, cool. Someone might listen. You got to do a real bad job. Day. I kind of, uh, I kind of don't believe that anyone will listen to this before the Orlando game, um, or in general, but they might. So <laughs> let's sure. go ahead and uh, we'll we'll go around the room here um, and get a prediction for tonight's Orlando City game from y'all. Uh. Daryl DK two Atlanta United one. <laughs> you gave us one. Uh, yeah, I gave you one. Yeah, wow. yeah. You guys get one. You guys get one. Okay, who's going to score that one? Just out of curiosity. Ooh, it's probably going to be like a weird, like ricochet in the in the box kind of thing. Um, who's a really random person that I could give the goal to? Adam John. Sure. Adam yeah. John, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. Adam John is like the the ultimate. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. Adam John scores one. <laughs> we looked at his goals added today too. It was like negative one something. It was like the worst on the team except for Mateus Sozetto. Oh, uh, we love that. We call him now, I guess. Um, so beautiful. Maddie Rose. Maddie Rose. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have a? God, didn't you guys have a thing with with the the Maddie B rapper kid yes, for a while? Did you have a bit? Yeah, nah, I remember that. Uh, back when it was still Twenty One Peach Street, I think was the name of the blog way back yeah. when. Yeah, yep. I was not there at that point. I don't think Joe was either. I wasn't either. Uh, yeah, uh, but we, there's a there's a plethora of Maddie B content out there on the internet associated <laughs> with our website. So you guys know, <laughs> Tom, what you got, man? I reject the contract because it's MLS and it's in MLS during a pandemic year. Uh, but uh, what I will give is that there's going to be uh, a fun video of Daryl DK just absolutely shrugging one of the center backs to the ground. Like, it, like it'd be him, like me trying to defend him. I think that that's what's going to come from this game. That's not cool. I love it. Joe, what you got, man? What are you thinking? <clears throat> Along those same lines, my prediction is blood. So much blood. <laughs> so much blood. blood and I, endless sea and, of on, blood. And, and one Joseph tweet. I'll be impressed. That would be amazing. It's gone very, very right. Um, yeah, I, no, I, like the, I like the DK prediction for sure. I don't know if Atlanta's season can officially be ended tonight. I say unfortunately because I just kind of want this season to be wrapped up with a bow on it. But uh, yeah. I think no matter the results tonight, there will still be mathematical chance. But yeah, it'll yeah, all be no, over. Nobody can get six points past them. I got to say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I think at least a lot of dirt gets thrown on the grave tonight, at the very, very least. I think I I'm going to go like Orlando for Atlanta United 1. And let's just let's just go ahead and call it a bloodbath. If it dies, it dies. That, that's how <laughs> right. I feel about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> let's also note that it's actually rubber pellets that are being thrown on the grave. Noted. 
Very well noted. <laughs> yeah. the, it's the it's the field turf. Learn anything on this podcast? Today, the, but, the field yeah. the field turf fill is going to be what is thrown <laughs> on the grave. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, um, let's go ahead and get out of here. Before we do that, though, um, we'll let Tom and Adam plug their stuff. Where can we find you guys? Uh, what can we be looking forward to? And uh, how can the folks listening support you guys? Uh, MLSsoccer.com. Generally, just find my name there or Twitter at Tom Bogart. What about you, Snaves? Uh, most of my stuff is at Snaves, S-N-A-V-E-S, on Twitter. Um, I also uh, am like kind of a head writer and content producer for uh, Jimmy Conrad and the stuff that he is doing on Twitch and on social media. So you can find that on uh, at the Soccer Minute or at Jimmy Conrad on Jimmy Conrad's Twitter. Or if you're interested in checking out our stream, twitch.tv slash Jimmy Conrad. Beautiful. We appreciate you guys coming on to talk about our awful, awful soccer team. Yeah, this was um, nice. This was a nice uh, breath of fresh air for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, spring in a dry desert, for sure. For sure. Uh, apologies to Nathan Lane. We'll get to him next time. Um, and yeah. that's uh, catch you later. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.